0: Hey everybody Welcome back to The, the Yamcast.
1: YAMCast
0: We're uh, having a blast today So much fun So much fun We're going to talk about good stuff But if you want to get to know us There's beautiful ways You can shoot us an email
1: Yes, you can shoot us an email At yamcastpod at gmail.com You can find us on the socials At the YAMCast Instagram and Facebook You can also find us on those socials I'm Erica Haas, and this is.
0: Yeah, I'm Chris Stukenberg, but my name's gonna get misspelled, so the chance of you finding me way less.
1: Slim to none. You can find him through me if you if you needed to. That
0: would, would work. You also said Erica Haas.
1: I did. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. <laughs> well, because on. Oh yeah, I haven't changed my names.
0: So then that's good. On we got to change your names.
1: Yeah, I mean. My Instagram one isn't gonna change. I changed Ever. it in my bio, but it's still gonna. My handle is still gonna stay the same. Because it
0: can't change.
1: Well, it can. I just don't really want to. Hmm. Huh. And then
0: these are good things to know.
1: My Facebook one I'll change. So yeah, sorry, Erica Green. For all of you that don't know,
0: that's I awesome. Got married three months,
1: three months, <laughs> three weeks ago, and tend to forget. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: kidding. It's more like. You got married the day before the year changed. So you're trying to get your checks right, and then you also got to change your name.
1: It's true. It's lots of change. There's a lot lots going of on. It's
0: a lot of change. Too much for anyone. But
1: getting married on the 31st is also great.
0: Yeah. It was a really good tax move for you guys.
1: Yeah, um, we'll see. My mom's going to run it both ways. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> Her mom is, a, is a, an accountant. <laughs> yep. And so that's... That's a helpful skill to have in your family. It
1: really is. (laughs) A couple of years ago, I was going to do my own. Yeah. I was getting all my stuff ready. And my mom's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was going to do my own taxes. And she's like, I'll do your taxes until I die. And I go, score.
0: Wow. Will do. And there's really only two things that are for sure, right? Taxes and death. So she's got them.
1: Yep. She's got
0: it covered until she dies, at least. So that's nice, Pam. Thank you for doing that. For
1: and it Erica. is tax season time, so be kind to your tax accountants. Please. Maybe send them something nice.
0: Like money. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
0: So, what's our uh, call to action this this month this this week?
1: Um. So I think I've probably done this one before too, but subscribe. We would like to have more subscribers. Mm-hmm. We would like to have mm-hmm. people. You will find out when things are coming out when you subscribe. Like you'll have an update. Yes. Not update a. It'll
0: go right to your phone. Yeah. It'll or, let you know or whatever device you. Yeah. Have subscribed through. I get a little thing shortly after I put it up that says, "Hey, hmm. the AMCast is a new." What episode. do you
1: listen to them on Apple?
0: Uh, I'm an Apple guy. Okay. So.
1: I'm Spotify. James, what do you listen to them on? The
0: podcast app.
1: Huh. Both. Both. Oh wow. He looks so like we don't double ha- dips.
0: We don't have as many listens as we thought we did then. James James is double dipping. Our
1: five okay. is now
0: James is like less. I listen to it on Apple, Spotify. I've sure <laughs> <laughs> also got Podbean. Google Music Podbean. I got I listen to six times a week. <laughs> Thanks, James.
1: Anyways.
0: Really uh, padding the stats there.
1: So this week with Colossians, we actually only have a few verses to go through. It's not a chunk like before. So uh, we have, we do have a few more things to talk about with each one of those. But, yeah. So shall we get into the read-through?
0: Or are we still reading in Colossians? I suppose I should have. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, Christopher. Just, I'm just kidding. Here we go. Oh, my. Verse 12. We'll see what I have to work with. Yeah. It's, it's woeful. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, Colossians. I just did a podcast on Genesis with someone else, and so I I almost said Genesis there. Colossians 3, verse 12, Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience.
1: So this is picking up from where Paul left off last time, which (laughs) is kind of like a duh, this is a letter. You don't. Usually have crazy big jumps. But (laughs) so we ended last time with putting things um, with we talked about putting things off. And then he at the very end talked about and then put things on by renewing your mind through your Uh your better understanding of who God is. Well, now he's going to start with um, what some of these attributes actually will look like. So first off. I think it's cool that he says God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and that should stop you in your tracks because you should go, Whoa, I totally do not deserve this. Right. Those words should not go with who I am, holy and beloved. Like that's not even close to the type of person that I am, but as a God's chosen one, when you have Christ as your Lord, that's technically what you are now. So mm-hmm. it's pretty
0: beautiful. It definitely is. I I was kind of laughing in the beginning because I, I love that idea of it's a letter. So that's following a line of thinking. And I don't know if we can reiterate that enough for people that we break it up into little verses here and there. Cause we mm-hmm. want to do that because if it wasn't like that, then that would be like you reading a love letter from Aaron and you get a paragraph in and then Aaron completely changes subjects for five or six paragraphs and, you're like, what? and then changes back. You know, that would be a thing and mm-hmm. that's not how thought works, that's not how letters are written, so we need to kind of remember that there's a string happening here. Yeah. So we can't walk through the whole book in one podcast because no one would listen to us that long.
1: <laughs> It'd be so long.
0: Correct. So we break it up, but breaking it up means you might lose the the string of thought. So
1: I have always wanted to get one of the bibles that don't have numbers. Yeah. Any of those things just so you can have that flow as you read it it would also be a lot right but it would be kind of nice like when you're supposed to read the full book of colossians and it is hard because it's so broken up but it is supposed to be one fluid thought so
0: life hack if you want to do that without buying one you can go on bible gateway and just remove the verses from it Hmm. so there's there's multiple if you go to the settings thing you can actually change it and then you could print it out even without any numbers on it and just read them
1: that's a good yeah, idea. A book.
0: So Look there's a little life hack. Look, Look at, at this. That. This Didn't podcast not coming
1: is, in for that.
0: No, it's maturing, this podcast.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll start doing more of Just turn
0: into a YouTube life hack. <laughs> Do you like reading the Bible? Which the answer for that is most people in the country don't. So our audience is already-
1: It's already like, way, and there's three. Way
0: different. No. All right. Verse 13, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive.
1: So, yeah. So he just said in the last verse that we need to have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. So all of those things should already be a part of your life. And then this comes like bearing with one another Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, I don't really want to. And then obviously forgiving them. And why do you forgive them? Because God forgave you. Hello, you are holy and beloved. The only reason you have that is because of him forgiving you. So then we should even more be wanting to forgive other people because of what we have been forgiven. And the word bearing already shows that it's not going to be easy. Like people are hard. Like I've often said that this Christian life is would be fine if I didn't have to do with people. But like we're not told to do this independently we are asked to be in a community with others Uh um, and with god and so people you're not they're not all going to be your cup of tea (laughs) like they're not all going to be your best friends or people that you want to hang out with all of the time but that isn't what he says here and those things don't matter you still need to bear with them and forgive them be kind have humility show meekness patience all of those things doesn't matter If you like them.
0: Yeah, I was looking down quick to make sure I don't steal any thunder from the let's get practical. Let's let's just get real here for a second with that idea. If you don't have people in your church that completely disagree with you politically or other things like that, that you're sharpening one another. I'm not talking about arguing with one another, but you're you're walking through together and actually discussing the issues. You are isolating yourself from what maybe mm-hmm. God is aiming for. And I think the last year <clears throat> in some ways has shown me how close to the line a lot of people are. I think some some of us thought it was more right or left in certain individuals than we've realized maybe this year that those lines aren't as sharp as Mm -hmm. we thought they were and individuals. And I'm actually appreciate it. Some of what's happened over the last year is conversations have happened, whether it's about race or whether it's about COVID or whether it's about just politics, nationalism, stuff like that. Um, It's been good to watch people actually have to rub up against somebody who's not maybe on the same page. I don't think the church has always done a great job of that in America, at least the, no, I'd say that probably is true because mm-hmm. typically what churches end up with is is a group of people that all agree and are pretty like-minded. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize there's some people that don't agree, but they just don't talk. So I've loved that that's happened a little bit, but it, it could be done better. And I think if we're really going to become what God wants to become, it'd probably be good to to do that, you know? And so you're saying that, but I'm, I'm just pushing no, yeah, it yeah. one step further and go, I wouldn't just say the church is places is the place where people are supposed to rub up against each other. That is totally true. But I would even say if you're not seeking it, then you're probably not maturing in the sense that you maybe should.
1: And I totally understand that it's not comfortable. It's far easier and more comfortable to be with people that think exactly as you do, but that's also not real world. No, not what we're asked to do either. No. And, You really aren't learning a ton if you are, as you said, with maturing. Like, you're not learning a ton if you're just around people like you. Uh
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you aren't learning patience, kindness. You aren't really actually learning a lot of those things. Yeah. If, I mean, you can still learn some of them because you still will get annoyed with people. But, like, (laughs) if you're always just around your cup of tea people, like, yeah, you're not going to learn those things. Right. So then you're not going to really mature.
0: No. And if you say, that's not biblical, Chris, you and Erica are jumping off the deep end here. I don't know if you've watched how Jesus chose his disciples, but maybe you need to go back through the Gospels and just kind of peruse there. And then when you read about a disciple, if there's a little tagline with that person, think about what that means. So, for example, you've got a bunch of fishermen and then you've got a tax collector and then you've got a guy that's probably a Pharisee and you've got another guy that's probably, well, he says he's a zealot. Those are things that don't line up with one another. That's like...
1: That's not a cohesive group.
0: No. (laughs) No. It's a group that if you saw them walking down the street together, you'd go, how in the world are those guys hanging out together? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if Jesus is modeling that in the sense that he wants us all to be exactly like that or if he's modeling something else. But either way, I think the message is the same. Jesus is not afraid of putting even polar opposites in the same group as long as they're aligned with the one that's important, meaning they're aiming toward Jesus. You got to tell me that those guys were arguing with each other late at night, you know, and then you add Mary Magdalene to the mix every Mm -hmm. once in a while. And you add some of these other women that you see, you know, how do you get a zealot who's trying to kill Herodians to get along with the woman who, who Susanna is, she works in Herod's household. Mm. So those two, like if I was them, I wouldn't want to sleep in the same camp because mm-hmm. you don't know if you're going to wake up the next morning. But yet Jesus had no problem drawing complete opposites in the, in the mix and saying, let's hang out together. So this is not like a millennials unite and be crazy and weird. Like not, it's not even that. It's just a, the reality of things right here is to say you could probably do better about reaching out to people on the opposite side of where you think you are. And you're going to be rounded for that, and and better off. So, all right, I'll get off my my hobby horse. What my computer? Sorry, my uh, phone just shut down, so I had to start all over. But here we go, verse fourteen. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony.
1: So the icing on the cake, if you will, it binds the layers of the cake together and it keeps it from falling apart. Is love. When we truly love others, this list that we've seen in the last couple of verses, it comes pretty easily. Like to put on those things is not hard. If I truly can look at somebody and see value and worth and love, then it's easy for me to be kind to them. It's easy for me to be humble. It's easy for me to forgive them and bear with them. But and so when we put others first, it's it's not hard to be forgiving, compassionate, gentle kind, et cetera. like perfect harmony, that idea. Like, if you just let that sink in a little bit, that is what love is supposed to bring Mm -hmm. to all of this, is a perfect harmony. Everything working well.
0: And how do you get to perfect harmony? You surrender to the other side, to one another. Yeah. They are above you. You take your position of prestige or power and you lower yourself so that the other might have, man, if only this was applicable to the life that we all live in marriage or elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful.
1: So let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. I think of like a king ruling over a kingdom here. Uh Like it gives the commands, it calms the disputes, it makes sure that everything is running as it should, and peace is to do that in us. So if someone is rude... I'm going to have the peace of Christ in my heart. If we see this world and it pains us, I'm going to have the peace of Christ in my heart. If we worry, we'll have peace. Whatever it is, we let the peace of Christ rule our heart. Like, oh my. And then I just love that the little thing at the end, and be thankful. Like we, <laughs> I mean, we struggle with peace. We worry about everything, but we also struggle with actually being thankful. Mm-hmm. And I think if you focus on those two things, like I was kind of... um Worrying about a conversation I was going to have last night and I actually even thought about this and I was like, I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule my heart so that when we have that conversation, it'll be, it's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, But I think if we focus on thankfulness when we focus on the peace of Christ, I feel like everything else will just fall where it needs to fall. Like we don't, we don't give it the weight that it doesn't need to have. He's nodding. You can't see that. (laughs) No,
0: I'm just, I'm trying to think of where I want to go with that because I I love the idea. I I don't know that I have more to add to it. It's, that's exactly what it is. Peace and thankfulness. If you just choose that, life is different for you.
1: I mean, I've often heard people say, if you even start your day with just writing down 10 things you're thankful for, like usually Mm -hmm. your day will go better because you see the things that you're thankful for. Mm -hmm. all around you instead of thinking of what you don't have or what you wish you had or whatever it might Mm
0: -hmm. be. No, totally. And in our culture, it's very difficult to live out and think through and and process. Oh, yes,
1: it is. Because our culture is is bent on, oh, you need this to -hmm. make your life complete or here's the best new thing, all of that.
0: Right. All right, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God.
1: I really like, um, I, this is one of my favorite verses. For that first part, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, mm-hmm. we need to know his words for them to be able to dwell in us. Mm-hmm. So, um, and by knowing those words, the truth, like we have to be in his word to understand what those things are. And we need to know those words in order to, in the truth, in order to actually teach and admonish or direct others. Um, Like I was trying to come up with better words for admonish. Like I was almost thinking of um, like correcting Mm -hmm. those sorts of words.
0: But it's got more of a positive spin to it. Because that's
1: what I was struggling with is a word that, because like it's like there still is love there. There still is forgiveness. There still is grace. Right. Um, but it's, it's basically a, being like you're missing it. the mark a little bit yeah Yeah. and just I love that in, within the same sentence which granted he does lots of run on sentences <laughs> so who knows if it's the same, same sentence or not but yeah. just that you end with with singing with singing with thankfulness in your heart like that's quite beautiful to think about that it all comes back to being thankful and it all comes back to, to yeah like singing songs of praise like that's a beautiful thought
0: Mm -hmm. It makes me think of Psalm 1, this idea of being planted by the stream Mm -hmm. and dwelling on God's word in such a way that you grow into the mature tree you're supposed to be. And then you flip to Psalm 119, you think about how God's word leads you and guides you, his laws, his commands Mm -hmm. are good things that guide you, they lead you. So when he says, let the word of Christ dwell, I think of that just being so planted by the word that I am growing, even when I'm not trying to grow. And then why wouldn't that lead to worship, right? Why wouldn't that lead to songs that just kind of bubble over us? Mm -hmm. So I, I love the idea even as you process this, if you're dwelling in Christ's word and you're dwelling in how to live that way and you're teaching and admonishing one another in this way, why would it not just bubble up? And that's how worship's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so on a Sunday morning when we're singing songs, I think some people are like, I don't like the music here, or oh, "The music's great. Uh <laughs> you know, and we're so worried about that kind of stuff. The truth is, what's really happening is if you're understanding worship correctly, you've been worshiping all week long. Your heart is full and it needs into release, it needs something that just mm. you know, your your cup is full and it needs to be it's overflowing now. And it needs somewhere to go. That's what worship is. It's the bubbling up of God's goodness. And I just can't it anymore. So I sing a song and you find songs like that, where you go, whoever wrote this totally gets what it looks like to just bubble over and worship. So what Paul's saying, if you follow this whole line of thinking back to verse one, if our minds are focused on things above, if we're, if we're putting off the things that we used to be, if we're putting on the things that we currently are, if we're focusing all of those things to him, to Christ, it just, Why wouldn't we just be overwhelmed? And when you read the Psalms, that's what you see is people who are just overwhelmed with God's goodness and they can't contain themselves. So they just throw it out there. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 17, which is our final one for today and really potentially one of the key verses for this whole book. So verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him.
1: So this is really the kicker. So you may have kind of gotten through this list, like it reminds me of, like you may have gotten through this list and been like, "Oh, I'm doing all right," which kind of reminds me of the rich young ruler coming up to Jesus, and Jesus is like, "Well, I'll keep all the commands," and he's like, "Oh, totally have done that," which you you didn't. So you may have gotten and felt that same way, like I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, you're actually probably lying to yourself. We're Mm -hmm. not all kind. We're not all bearing with each other well. We're not all doing all of those things. But if you actually said that, I'm not here to judge you, but really, can you truly say that everything you say and do is done in the name of Jesus? Like, I feel like it comes to this place where it's like, Like where Paul's kind of like, okay, I I know some of you are going to check the boxes and say you're doing fine. But like this is what really matters. Every single thing that you say and do is supposed to be done in the name of Jesus. And this does not mean that you literally say his name before doing it. But that Jesus would actually be proud of what you're doing and you are not doing it selfishly.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like I'm reminded of, yeah, people who before they do something, they say in the name of Jesus. And it makes me cringe because I'm like, I actually don't think Jesus would be about that or doing that and um so that's not what i'm talking about but i'm talking about would he actually look down to be proud to see you doing that or you truly are like this is not for me and not about me
0: yeah i mean i i love that idea the fact that this is all encompassing and at this point if you haven't figured it out you've gotta you gotta figure it out you just gotta do it I think one of the things with this whole passage too, and I, I just made reference to it a second ago, but and in, it, we're getting close to the deeper dive, so this will almost jump into it, but not quite. There's a there's an element here of I can't just expect God to do this for me, hmm. so I can't. It doesn't say let God take off all that you used to be and put on all that you are now. Hmm. There's a there's some type of element here. Of I'm partnering with God to build a new garden in my life. It'd basically, be one way of thinking about it, and so we we miss that, and we oftentimes read you know Colossians three, and we think set my mind on things above. Yeah, that's great. I can do that totally. That's the rich young ruler. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got that figured oh, yeah, out. Got it. Put to death all these things. Well, they don't want to do that necessarily, and then put on these things. So we you know we've taught it in the past to think of two different closets one is full of all the sinful ways of doing things one is full of you know the righteous way of doing things what kind of clothes are you going to put on in the morning that's really the question that i think you should be asking as we get to verse 17 and when you get to verse 17 then it's whatever it is it doesn't matter what you're doing if you're doing dishes if you're doing school all of it all of it matters do it like christ would want you to do it
1: Mm -hmm. so and then again giving thanks he said that now three times just in these couple of verses that we've talked about. That is the key to this Christian life is to constantly be thankful because mm-hmm. then it always will put you in the right perspective. Like it will put you where you're supposed to be. So if we're always thankful for what we have and what God's done and all of those things. And then, then you can't end up being proud. You can't want things for selfish gain. Like, like those things mm-hmm. just wouldn't happen because you would constantly be thankful for what you actually have and what he has done.
0: Yeah. No, it's good. Alrighty, It is time for the deeper dive. And today we're going to jump around a whole bunch really quickly. And I don't know exactly how to do this. so I'm just going to start. So yeah, let's say that you're reading God's word and you're going, I love this idea. I would love to dig in a little more. I would love it if you had a mature person in your life that can show you how passages link together. Um, You know, the the rabbis called these things like a string of pearls. You would follow a storyline and then add another storyline and another storyline and another storyline. And after that, you've sort of started to build an idea of, of, you know, what, what God is trying to say. So I want to read... Four passages in a row. I'm not even going to, I'm just going to give a quick reference and read them. And I want people to listen to the similarity of thought. And then I want to finish with uh, something that Jesus said. And I want you to see my, my goal here is that you start to see how Paul lives out what his rabbi believed mm-hmm. and what his rabbi was trying to teach him. So verse 12 of, of Colossians 3 that we just read, put on there as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. All right. So there's Colossians 3. Now listen to Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say it, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure— Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I added verse 9 there on accident, but it's still good. Then okay. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which with you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and with all supplication. And then listen to this one. This is Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, this is just a a bunch of thoughts from Paul all over the place. He's basically saying the same thing over and over again. I want you to put on a certain type of clothing. I want you to act a certain kind of way. I want you to think a certain kind of way. I want you to be a certain kind of way. And you go, that's really cool that Paul's got these connections. I would love it if Bible studies would stop sometimes. And after you're reading a passage together and you're getting ready to dive into it, that you'd step back and go, are there other passages that talk about the same thing? I don't know if you noticed it, but there were all these parts where it talked about putting on Christ's peace, being with Christ's peace, uh, trusting that even though bad things are happening, we're going to put on a certain kind of armor a certain kind of clothing, act a certain kind of way, do a certain kind of thing. And so if you start to build this, you, you look and there's so many passages like this and you go, Paul's theology is developing in the new testament and we're seeing him not only live it out but show others how to live it out and how to live the way christ would want you to live and if you go okay but where does jesus say something like this jesus's disciples in john 16 say this ah now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you this is why we believe that you are from god which Ridiculous statement from them. They don't know what he's talking about. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world you are going to have tribulation or trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so what Jesus is saying in John 16 is that I am don't need you to totally understand what I'm doing right now. However, I do need you to trust me because you're about to scatter because you still think you know who I am, but you're not. You don't know at all what's going on. And as you scatter, you need to understand I'm not alone. So as I'm not alone, you're not going to be alone and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be there with you. But back to what we're saying in uh, Colossians 3, you and I need to put on the clothing. We can't just wake up in the morning and just like walk around thinking everything's going to be great. We have to actually put off who we used to be and put on who we are now. We have to actually live in the fruit of the spirit. We actually have to stop thinking about all the things that we would like to think about. And we have to choose not to be anxious, but to actually surrender it to God and to talk to him about it. We have to put on the helmet of truth. We have to put on the shield of faith. We have to put these things on and actually live it out. So when I think about the deeper dive this week, it's just this kind of this culmination of Colossians. And what Paul's saying is, I want you to live out what I'm asking you to do. I want you to be it. Don't just talk about it. I want you to be it. And in order to be it, you got to put off, you got to put on. But as you put it on, peace is going to overwhelm you. And that peace is exactly what his rabbi was telling him back in John chapter 16. And so Paul is a good disciple. And Mm. so the question is, are we good disciples. How do we use God's word? Are we reading it just so that we get a snippet here and there that kind of tells us what to think? That's not the passion of this podcast. We have a totally different idea of, the, of God's word that we want you to dig and want you to, to get into it. But I also would love it if we step back every once in a while and said, what other passages sound like this? And then study those in unison with one another and go, and there's a robust theology happening here about peace, about trusting the Lord and doing everything for him, even if life isn't going great.
1: Yeah, so true.
0: All right, let's get practical.
1: Let's get practical, practical. So we've already touched on a lot of practical aspects in this read through. So this this um, getting practical is going to be pretty short and sweet today. What I want to ask you to do is to write the list of things that we've talked about, about what you need to be putting on. Mm-hmm. The compassionate hearts, patience, meekness. Um, Humility, bearing with another, um, forgiving, maybe it's the peace, maybe whatever it might be. Write that whole list down and maybe just pick one that you would like to grow in and pray for that growth over this next week and see what happens. When we're actually praying for something specific, we are far more likely to actually see him do it. He already is doing things. We just a lot of times aren't paying attention. But when we're praying about it, we're, we're more likely to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. So he might already be growing patience in you. He might already be growing those things in you, but you might not be noticing it. So if you're praying for it and you're focused on it for a week at a time, maybe it's a different aspect each week, you're far l- more likely to actually see that growth and thank him then for it. A little disclaimer if you do pray for these things, you are probably going to be put into situations <laughs> that make the growth happen. I've, I have have prayed for patience so many times, and it's always a really hard week because lots of things come at me that cause me to have to use patience. It's not just that it comes. It's a skill that's developed. These things are are things that are going to be developed over time. And so when you do pray for them, there are situations that are probably going to come up that week that you'll notice are meant to grow that aspect. So that's my let's get practical this week.
0: That is good. Good advice. I think it's time for uh, our favorite segment. Council Corner with Erica. Yes, that's so the one. So great every time. That's the one, James. Thank you.
1: So uh, on this Council Corner this week, I had a friend talk to me just about being burnt out. And um, actually, she first started by saying that she felt really unmotivated to do anything. And then she said that she realized that she had been kind of probably burned out for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we were just kind of chatting about it. And she's in, in ministry and stuff. And so that stuff... Can really start to because it's part of your job. It can just really start to weigh on you, and you feel like you almost have to do these things. So, I kind of came up with the list, and I thought that maybe some of you also feel the same way about being burned out. I mean, I know it's January, so that just causes a lot of us to feel just like I don't really want to do anything. Especially where we live, it's cold. You don't really want to go out. It does still isn't. I mean, it's still it's getting a little bit lighter. Like, uh, later on, but, like, not yeah. really. It still is dark by, like, five. So that's not very motivating either. Um, and we don't get sun very often. So that is also hard for motivation. I think, in the, I think this month we've had sun three days. So <laughs> that's hard for motivation as well. But yes. my, I mean, my first advice to her, which she didn't really need my advice. She was doing what she needed to do. But my advice then to you would be, my, I have four things. One is to feel it and lean into it. Sometimes you do just need a break. Sometimes you do just need to feel it and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Some of us are go-getters and so sitting there and just feeling it seems like a waste of time. But obviously you've been going and getting it for far too long and maybe you need to just take a break. Right. My second thing is that maybe you need to stop some of your commitments. Maybe some, maybe all of them. Maybe that is actually what needs to happen is you literally need to say no to everything and just stop all of your commitments. Maybe that maybe you can't stop all of them, but maybe right. you can. And to be real, some people might not really like that, but also it's your well-being that needs to happen too. And
0: when you say commitments, you mean like things outside of life
1: yeah that's like yeah those are extra extracurriculars <laughs> i'm meaning not like your job
0: i want it or, um, or your marriage like, or your marriage no, i want to be no. careful that people aren't sorry like, when i'm thinking erica told me to let go of all my commitments that's so why i haven't been bye, home in a week bye bye no
1: no yes like extracurriculars those yes. extra things yes go for it um number three maybe this means you prioritize right. during this break you actually are like what's essential in my life right now what do i actually have to show up for what can I not show up for? I mean, that's kind of looking at your commitments, too, of what do I actually have to show up for? I have to show up for my my family. I've got mm-hmm. to show up for my job. Those things are essentials. Then what can kind of just go away for, for this time? And my last one is small steps. This is meaning if you are really unmotivated, sometimes it is literally just making your bed That is a super small step, but it is a practical thing that you can do that will start you maybe moving. Maybe it's showering. Maybe it's making yourself a meal. Like those are super small things, but we we do get into these these ruts where you're just like, I literally, like getting out of bed is a struggle. And so sometimes that even is just it. Opening up the blinds, whatever it might be. Small things. Don't set your to-do list of like 80 things because you're going to be crippled by it. So If you're in that place, and I know some of us might be because it's January. Some of us might be because online schooling, again, like that's hard to get motivated (laughs) for. Then maybe it is the small steps. Maybe it's scheduling out your time for the week so that you have small chunks each day, like whatever it might be. So my first one was lean into it, feel it, take that break. My second one was maybe you need to stop all or some of your commitments Number three was prioritize, really figure out what you got to show up for and what you can let slide. And my last one was small steps, like start doing small things. Right. So hopefully that helps. Let us know if you have any other thoughts on like if you've been in that position and the things that helped you kind of not necessarily get out of it, but like just helped you while you're in it. Get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's that council corner.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will talk to you soon. Yes, bye.
1: Hey, thank you so much for listening to the YAMCast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the yamcast.